the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. And uh, coming on noon, and we have a wonderful weekend out here. And we're in the studio with Andrew Lieb, our expert real estate attorney, and Ace Wasupar, our financial expert, and myself, Dottie Harmon, real estate. And we were just going to be talking about what happens at the final walkthrough when you've purchased a house or an apartment and what, and, and what the seller needs to know and what the buyer needs to do um, in one second but I want to take I think this is for uh, Andrew a question for Pauline hi Pauline how are you hi Dottie I know I've been I haven't called in a while but this is an interesting topic about the conversion because I thought about this my building started starts started off originally as a co-op I've noticed a lot of condos going up around here and they're really getting a a lot of money. I'm wondering if is it ever possible for a co-op to convert to a condo? That's a great question, Pauline. That is really a good question. Can a co-op convert to a condo? And maybe Andrew, you want to start off by giving people the difference between a co-op and a condo? Sure, Dottie. So in a functional universe, there's very little difference. In a legal universe, there's a great difference. Yeah. So if I didn't tell you it was a condo or a co-op and you went and lived there, it would be very hard to tell. But legally, a cooperative means that there's this corporation that owns the building. And every single unit owner is actually a tenant of that corporation. And they own shares in the corporation. Whereas in a condo, uh, in a condo each unit owner owns a part of the building itself and then part of the um, homeowners association that runs the condo. The main difference, though, in function, this is interesting, Dottie, I don't know if a lot of people know this, Pauline, you may know this, is that in a cooperative, you can have a vote to sell the entire building, and you can force people that don't want to vote for it to sell it if someone wanted to build a much bigger building there and they offered a huge amount of money. Whereas in a condo, you couldn't do that. Well, how do you do So in a co-op, you can force, how how do you just curiosity, how do you do that? You just get... How many votes? It's the vote on the bylaws. So I think it's a supermajority vote. But okay. you can have people that are like, let's say I'm 95. And I go, whoop-de-doo, you'll get me a premium of 50%. I don't want to move. In a condo, they can never do that vote because the condo, each unit owner has their ownership. 
but in a cooperative, the board could introduce this. And there's ways to force down the vote. That's why I'm not giving the exact percentages. Right, right, and it right, changes right. the taxes and everything else. I actually, I've consulted with many buildings in the city about this because when you see these small co-ops, people see, ooh, I could put a skyscraper here. And then some people on the board that are um, in working ages are going, I'll take the money. So that's the main functional difference between the two of them. What we're told in brokerage, and this is something I try and convince your agents that aren't true, Dottie and Pauline, this is important to realize. People think that co-ops have a lot more control over your life than condos. Oh, no, and historically, don't. that was true. Historically. But modern condominium attorneys have learned how to use what's called the right of first refusal, which is the building's ability to buy a unit for sale, to get a lot more rights and liken it similarly to a co-op. So if you're dealing with a modern condo, they have a lot more restrictions than a historic condo would. Oh. As for like what? I mean, like, in other words, I mean, I live in a condo. Just, uh, yep. So you're Pets. saying that let's, they, let's just they say could Pets, buy. For example. What? So they could buy, they have the right to buy people out when they're so selling. So what, what a right of first refusal means is if, Dottie, you wanted to sell it, then the building could say, you know, you got an offer. Let's say it's a million dollars just for easy. Right. You got an right. offer of a million dollars. We'll pay the million dollars. You can't sell it to this person. And I have to go along with that, correct? And you have to go along with it. And so historically, it was just a right of first refusal. Now what condo attorneys, smart condo attorneys like my firm have done is we've said, hey, why don't we have a lot of due diligence that we're allowed to discover to determine if we want to buy it out and put those rules into the offering plan, which is made up of the declaration of condominium and the bylaws. And then by having those rules, we can get away with a lot more. And in English for the listeners, lawyers know how to make things done because we're very, very, very good at manipulating words. So I, I was talking to huh. someone the other day and they said, can we do it? I said, you could do anything. You just need to know how to. Well, that's that's really a, that's good. I mean, you can do anything. You just need to know how to. And and and, and Andrew, getting back to Pauline's question, can you can you can you convert so a co-op? I, through I, I, I loved her. I loved her question. Great question. So you can convert a co-op to a condo, and the reason why again is because you could sell the cooperative. Remember how I was going, and I was explaining how you could sell oh, a cooperative. Oh. But a condo, you couldn't sell it. And it's not a conversion in the sense that you all were thinking a conversion from rental to ownership. But it would be you could just sell a cooperative and you could make it into an offering plan of condominiums and it's viable to do it. I don't know why you would, but you could. Um, whereas a condo, you couldn't do it the other way because people own it. They own each the individual units. Right, so you'd have to get everyone in the That's why I wanted to ask that because I really don't like the co-op anymore because of the restrictions. And if I want to put it in a trust, I can't do that, right? It's the co-op. Pauline, you just said something so smart, and I want, to, I want to go back to what you just said. You said there's all these restrictions that I can't do. And if you realize the way I answered your question at the first place, and I want to go back to it, is condos historically didn't have so many restrictions. And more and more and more modern condos have so many more restrictions than they used to. It's an ongoing thing. Um, there's a condominiums can have dog rules. How can they have dog rules? Well, they can have dog rules because, yeah, they can't restrict what's in your unit, but the dog's got to leave at some point. They have all sorts of different rules. So I understand your point about the trust and everything else. I will tell you that some co-ops will allow you to put it into a trust, and there's ways that um, when you look at the IRS, and this might be a thing for a, a state power and trust attorney, but it's really important to realize that there's something called a trust that is 
doesn't exist for tax purposes. And so when you have a trust that you're the only person that's in the name, a lot of times they'll allow you to do it. So it depends what your goals are. And Pauline, you said you want to put in a trust. So let's go more into the why. Why do you want to put in a trust? Uh, well, it'd be easier. To, it's going to be, they don't allow in my bylaws that we, uh, the person has to live in the apartment to have taken it over. Otherwise, it's like if I sold it to my, my own son. And my son does not want to move back in here. So I gather I need to sell this because they're not going to convert to like I was just asking in general because I thought if they really want it because everybody here is holding out for co-op prices of like half a million when the condos are costing a million out here in Flushing. So that's why so I was I thinking, well, it might be smart for them to convert, but I'm not going to be here when if I have a it. I don't know if I should even bother to suggest it. But, so I love you know. what you just said, Pauline. I want uh, you to you key on the big thing. And this is the biggest issue attorneys have with clients. And you said something so smart. What you said is the bylaws don't allow anyone to live here unless they're a resident and you would like your son to have it but not live there. Am I correct? Right. He, I know he wouldn't want it. Just that he wouldn't want to live there. He would just you want to be able to give it to him as a yeah, leaving in a estate planning, right? Right, estate planning, very wise. And so my, my response to you, and Pauline, it's so much bigger than your question. It's not that the answer to your question, the simple answer to your question is they could change the bylaws. What should you do? You should get on the board. Pauline for board. Pauline for board. And you should get on the board and change the bylaws. <laughs> I'll help you make up the flyers. Politics. I know, but, but it's too much politics and stuff that's going on in my co-op. I, I really, I think part of me is wanting to leave. It's been 40 years of, I've lived here. And they're not going the way I would like the co-op to go. So I could see it's not even worth it for me to be on the well, board because I see I, how things are working. I think here. to Andrew's point, it might be that you have uh, said, okay, I've been here 40 years and I need a change and a new start. But if yeah. you're in a place that you like and you plan to be there for a while and you want change, I always tell this to people. A lot of people, you know, in anything in life, complain, 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 but they you just know, don't get involved. And even though uh, sometimes it's hard to change people's minds, I think that probably if you're going to be in a place long term, I guess Pauline is kind of at the end of her rope with this. Uh, yeah, that's something you should think about. Communism. I mean, this is, that's probably uh, why I want to switch off from a co-op, uh, because that's like a communistic principle. I mean, not really, but it is sort of. So I am not looking forward to staying on this board. I mean, even getting involved, because I could see how they're going. I could see. Pauline, I just got to say this, and I know this has nothing to do with anything you're saying, but you mentioned it in Flushing, and I want you to know that I had the most delicious dinner in Flushing this week. Oh, yeah, I went to this really, restaurant. I sort of like this area, but it's really dirty, and it's not like I used to remember it. I, I know you can't keep things the way it used to be. It's really, yeah, happen, Yeah, a lot of money comes through Flushing. We got more money coming through this area than downtown. But look to at town. the prices of Flushing. They're off I the wall. So, you know. Pauline, how many units are there in your building? How many 200, units? Is, 200 families. Yeah, it's an original big. co-op. One of the, it's Carlisle Towers. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this area. But to Andrew's point, uh, Flushing is very popular. There's diverse oh, restaurants of every... I said, Jay, I'm going to get the best price at this point right now, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, you you really are, in a sense, you know, if, you know, next year or two you're going to probably think of selling. Flushing is off the wall. I mean, the prices have really gone up. So I got a pissed off, and then maybe I can really turn my apartment into something nice. Well, you know what I would say to you first, and this is just advice, before you sell anything, you need to say, okay, if I did sell this, 
what? Where would I go? Yeah, yeah that's think about I that. Because, decided about that either. Yeah, that's so then you I'm can't sell it. You can't sell it yet. You need to think about, you know, where you'd yeah. be happy, where you'd buy or, or not buy or rent. Dottie, this is a quick question. If I became a real estate agent, can I sell my own apartment? Of course <laughs> you can, but you have to disclose it. Um, oh, okay. And you, you have to you have to tell people uh, even if you're, it's not your own apartment you have to tell people you're a broker. And uh, do you have I to would, share commission with the company? Yeah. Well, I mean, every company has their own policy and what they do with people in their company. So it's legally you have to collect the commission. But whether the company forgives that or not is I see. the company. But let me say this, and I think Andrew would agree with me, and I think Ace too. Most people really don't like. They could be. I think I'm a fairly good negotiator. Actually, I think I'm a great negotiator. But I think that fa- when it comes to my own personal things, I rather somebody else negotiate for me because it's very hard. It's much harder when yeah. it's personal. Let, Let me make that even right? more, Dottie. I want to bring that so Pauline hears it from a legal perspective too. And I agree with your statement in law. They always say an attorney who represents himself has a fool for a client. But there's a much bigger reason, and this is what we train your team, and this is what D- Douglas Elman does better than anyone else. Pauline, if you were to represent yourself and someone didn't get the place, do you know what they could say? That I have kind of like undo something. I, it was, they would blame me somehow. They are. But they're going to blame you and they're going to say you're discriminating. I knew it. And that's what everyone says now. They say, you hate women, you hate men, you hate Jews, you hate blacks, you hate this, you hate that. You know what? I and was going to look for the right tenant to move into my building. I don't want to leave behind somebody horrible for, my, for the next Well, season. you just said it right, that's Pauline. That's how I so, would do it. Pauline, what's the definition of the right tenant? And people discriminate when they don't even realize they do it because they're stereotyping. So let me go full circle, though. What the Douglas Elliman agents are trained to do, and this is so important, and Dottie, I have multiple properties I rent out and I own. East does. You do. And what we all know is that when you have an agent, the number one service they do is they're a screen. And that screen can testify under penalty of perjury that you didn't know the demographics of the buyer. And if you don't know the demographics of the buyer, it's a functional impossibility to discriminate. Isn't that the best value you could ever have? Not being on the hook for a lawsuit from a crazy person who didn't get your place. Got it. That's yeah, and, and, the well, no, I, okay, good. Thank you. I, I won't do it then myself. <laughs> no, don't, of, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. And I can't, I can't tell you how many times that has happened. I even had a call once. I know I can't remember if it was last year, or the year before, who said, "Hey, you know, I know that they didn't show me this apartment because I was older and the apartment doesn't. They didn't think I." Sh-. And that was so far from the truth because, you know, nobody would do that. But she just made that assumption because she didn't get the apartment. I mean, she didn't get the apartment. She made that assumption because she didn't get the apartment. However, there was a much higher offer, which obviously she really had no access to knowing. Uh, so I just think that I'm, I know with myself, and it's, when it's personal, you just don't negotiate well. It's better to, to let somebody else do that, and I find that. When I negotiate myself, I could be in trouble. I just really, even with Me my too. house that I did all the work, I mean, That's I let what? people get away with murder because I knew them or I knew of them. But truthfully, it's a smart thing to do. And I don't think most attorneys try to represent themselves either. I mean, they're not. Daddy, I have a person in my building who lives in this building who actually has cornered the market. She knows how to sell the co-ops in our building. But the fact that she lives in the building, is that a conflict? Because somebody could actually... Use that against her and sue her as well. No, 
No. So the answer is it's only an issue if she's on the board in the building. And oh, there's no, all these laws about if you're on a board and you're the broker and disclosures in the building. Last year, there became mandatory reporting to the whole board, I mean, to the whole building if someone's on a board and they have a conflict like that. But as long as she's not on the board, there's no issue. And it sounds like she's cornered the market, so maybe you should talk to her. Here's what I would do she, she if I was you. She had somebody in my building, that's like the porter. She has a deal with him where she gets whenever she finds out the apartment's available. He immediately tells Sometimes it's a good thing if there's one yeah. expert. Yeah, yeah, I already but I had think that that's... Talk, right? As soon as my husband passed away three years ago, I have been he's been looking at me every time. Ready? You ready? And I'm not ready to sell my apartment yet. She keeps us because, like, like, but you should, you, like, as I said, said, Pauline, a little bit of advice, okay? And then I have right. to move on to okay. our question about the closing. A little bit of advice. You wouldn't, you shouldn't think about. You can think about it, but you shouldn't do anything until right. you really know what you want to do, how much that's going to cost you, whether you're going to like the lifestyle, because you know. You've been there a long time, and you're used to flushing, so, you know, you yeah. might want to think yeah. about what that would be like to moving out. Pauline, have Thank a great so weekend, Everybody. and keep on calling us. We love hearing from you. Thank and you. Oh, Pauline. I found you on Facebook, and now I know how to find you again. Find me on Facebook, <laughs> 866-970-9622. Um, we're here with Andrew Lieb and Ace 102 Park, and we're talking now about closings and the final the final walkthrough when you have signed a contract, you're ready to close, and the buyer is going to walk through the property to see and make sure everything that's represented is. And maybe, Andrew, you could give us some advice on how you counsel people that are buyers or people that are selling their properties on the final walkthrough and what they should look for. Dottie, the most important thing isn't even the final walkthrough. It's understanding the effect of a closing. What people don't realize is once you close, once that deed is signed, you cannot complain anymore. So the biggest issue is people think the closing is we're all going down and we're going to have, we're going to have sit around a table and sign documents. What they don't realize legally, they call the term merger. But what happens is that if the week after the closing you discover your dishwasher doesn't work, that's on you. So I think people need to understand that your last chance to say anything if you're the buyer is that walkthrough. So I'm going to suggest that strenuously. You asked about the seller and you asked about the buyer, and you mentioned before doing it at the very last minute. Why? Why? Because something could come up. As Stephen Gaines mentioned a little while ago, that in his own closing, someone was sitting, not at the closing, but calling in and saying, there's no one else there. Stephen, I was less concerned about you doing something bad to the place, if I was the attorney, than you leaving it a big, big mess. We recently did a closing, and the buyer bought, and they found debris. It was in Long Island. There was debris in the backyard, $2,000 worth of debris they had to get rid of. The contract wow. says you've got to leave it in broom-clean condition. That's what most contracts say. Right. So I think the final walkthrough is to see, are there any last-minute structural issues? Are there any last-minute electrical issues? Are there last-minute cleanliness issues? And then you have to say to yourself, and Dottie, this is where your negotiation prowess really comes in. I, I want the brokers to be involved. You asked me just about the seller and the buyer, but they should consult with their broker. Because the real issue is, do you want to kill your deal over something that's going to cost $200 to fix? No. And when you speak to your broker, you realize, you know what? I'm angry just because I want to be angry. It's not worth it. And I think that's very important to remember. Well, so, I Dottie, do. Yeah. 
Wait, dude, just hold that thought, okay? We're going to finish this up, and then we want to talk to Ace about Stephen has some questions that were just sent to us, and uh, we're going to finish up because that's really an important point. 866-970-9622. We'll be right back and finish up on closing. It's the final walkthrough of what you should know all along. It's not spoken of in polite company, but it's America's fastest growing crime, human trafficking, children being sold as sex slaves. This weekend on Champions of Justice, we blow the lid off this despicable act by talking to two LAPD officers who work in the Human Trafficking Task Force in California. Tom Girardi and Amanda McClintock ask the tough questions. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. When it comes to protecting your family, home, or business, you need a name you can trust. You need us, Honig Conti Perino Insurance. In Manhattan since 1902, we're family-owned, experienced, and credible. We believe in a face-to-face, roll-up-your-sleeves approach. Our clients receive individual and personal care. Honig Conti Perino, the name to trust. Call 212-777-7113 or honigconti.com. H-O-N-I-G-C-O-N-T-E.com. Honig Conti Perino Insurance. Not just providing insurance, but insurance guidance. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, which is the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use promo code AM970. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow. You make a million tough business decisions every day. So here's the easiest one of the year. Dell's Black Friday in July is back and bigger than ever. Get no-brainer deals on the very latest computers with Intel Core processors and a huge selection of servers, electronics, and more, all with free shipping on everything. To make your decision even easier, Dell's small business technology advisors can help you find just the right tech. Call 877-BY-DELL. That's an easy call to make at 877-BY-DELL or visit dell.com slash business. AM 970 The Answer is giving you the chance to win $1,000 every day for our summer cash contest. Enter for your chance to win by listening to AM 970 for keywords announced at approximately 7.30 a.m., 10 a.m., 12.30 p.m., 4.30 p.m., and 7 p.m. Then go to am970theanswer.com and type in the keyword. This is an Aptivada summer contest with participation from several broadcast company television and radio stations. For each opportunity to win, one winner will be randomly selected from all entries received nationwide. For a complete list of contest rules, go to am970theanswer.com. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're 
back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate, and we've had some really, really interesting and informative conversations about a bunch of different topics. But we're talking right now with Andrew Lieb, and then we're going to talk to Ace about some uh, financial issues. We're talking with Andrew Lieb about who, what happens when you're buying or selling a property and you're getting ready to close. Should you have checked all these things out in the beginning? And as Andrew said, which I don't think, you know, and that shows really the difference between you and most attorneys. It's really about putting a deal together. So if you found out that there was just a little thing that was costing $200, should you blow up the whole deal for that? However, let me reverse it, Andrew. What if you find that they said they were leaving? And I, I always tell people to do this. When you have the contract, if they're leaving appliances, put the name of the appliances back. You know, if they're, you know, if they're a sub-zero or something like that, put those appliances back. Sometimes they move them out and they put crap, junk appliances. Andrew, I have a, a fascinating list of things. Uh, for instance, it, it says when you do the final walkthrough to take your contract with you, you might need to refer to it when you're there. I thought that was one interesting thing. Um, if uh, the checklist should include, you should turn all the light fixtures on and off. See, these are things I would never think of. Uh, you should turn all the major appliances on and off. Open up the refrigerator, make sure it's still working. Turn on the faucets on and off, make sure the hot water comes through. Test the garage door openers. You should flush every toilet in the house. Uh, open and close all the windows and doors to make sure that they're working properly. Try the garbage disposal, the exhaust fans. So there are all these things that you really have to go through for the walkthrough, right? Andrew, one more thing on your list that I think is more important than any of them. Bring vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. And this is the difference between someone who just does closings and someone that does litigation as well. And I think exactly. this is what Dottie was getting at. I know the costs of fighting about those things. And the question is, is it worth it? So, yes, if you walk into the place and none of the electric works and they can't turn the electric on, you should adjourn the closing. But if you walk into the place and there's a battery missing here, and there's a little scratch on the wall over here. Have a shot of vodka. <laughs> Makes good sense to me. The best I mean, if you start advice. nitpicking, and as Andrew would say, I think I've heard, I've watched deals blow up because someone said, oh, can you leave that pool table? And the site said, I'm not. Well, at this price, if you can't, and they start fighting. And truthfully, what you, you want to make a deal happen, and I think that I couldn't agree with you more, that you should go through the property and make sure things are in working order. But then you know, talk to your real estate agent and find out, gee, what's really the cost of this? Uh, you said the you key, know, Dottie, the cost. It's about if it's a big-ticket item. That's what you need to know. Yeah, I mean, if it's something major, obviously you should, as Andrew said, adjourn the closing until the people fix it. And then to the seller, here's my deal. If you don't fix it for them, your next buyer is going to have the same problem. So, you know, what do you want to do, start all over again? And, Dottie, um, you know, as a real estate broker, the second the deal dies, if you list it again, the first question of every other broker is, what's wrong with the house? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So as a so seller. good luck selling. Yeah, as a seller, you really don't want – you don't want to have to start it all over again. Uh, and, and, and let me go a step further, Dottie. And this is important for everyone to understand because I use the word the cost of the litigation. I just want everyone to live in reality with me. 
Assuming this goes to World War III, let's go to the logical extreme. Here's what's okay. going to happen. The seller is going to make a claim to keep the down payment. The buyer's going to sue and say it's something called a Liz Pendens and say, I have a claim of ownership. They're going to be playing chicken against each other for the next three to five years in court. Is that worth it? You know, I, it's so refreshing to hear you, Andrew, because you really – and I don't want to say that all attorneys, because, but you don't want an attorney that wants to litigate everything because, truthfully, at the end of the day, by the time you pay the attorney, by the time you, you have the court cost, by the time the time that it takes, I don't. The, in most cases, it's really not. <laughs> Dottie, I would tell you that something like 70 percent of my consults are telling people, take a chill pill. You don't want to have a lawsuit, and I do tons of litigation. I just want you to understand, tons of litigation. We have over a thousand litigations. Like it's going big time. There's times to sue and there's times not to sue. If we're talking about a dispute that's worth two million dollars, let's have a lawsuit. If we're talking about a dispute that's three thousand dollars, let's both take fifteen hundred dollars and go to lunch. I see. That's great advice. Really great advice. Um, so that's a question, you know, that you should all keep in mind. Okay. What Andrew said, what's the cost? How much is this going to cost me? But you do want to say, go through that as a buyer to make sure that there's nothing that's major that they said they would do that, or that's wrong or like the gossip that there's no electricity or something like that. Um, that's just really to emphasize, important. Dottie, I just want to emphasize what you said so no one misses us. We're both saying, all of us are saying, please go through the walkthrough. Please check everything out. But everything doesn't have to be a crisis. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I love your advice. Except for when Douglas Elliman say, oh, Dottie, we love him. Because you really talk real, okay? Because, you know, everything in life, even when we tell people that have disputes, well, try going to your neighbors first in a nice way, in a good way to work it out before you start suing everybody. Because, uh, you know, sometimes people go, oh, I'll sue, all this, the first thing out of their mouth. Uh, I watched what... Uh, uh, I was on Long Island, and uh, a dog, uh, a uh, you know, it was a big dog. I think it was a golden retriever, and uh, it ran out of the house. It didn't knock the woman down, but this older woman was walking, and I guess she got a little nervous, and she fell. And we ran out, and it wasn't my house. I was visiting someone, and the first thing her children, who were adult children, said, "We're suing." There was nothing, there was, we didn't even know there was anything wrong with her, the mom. And the mom got up, she was okay. But that was the first thing out of their mouth. So what I'm saying is, hey, don't look to sue, treat, see if you could work it out. And uh, if you can't, or consult your attorney and see what he thinks. Try consulting Andrew or your real estate broker. Um, with that, um, we had a question for Ace. Ace. Uh, it's yes, it's about know. it's about DTI, you know, yeah. which but always fascinates me. Wait, That's... the people not listening need to know. DTI is debt to income debt ratio. To income. And Ace, would you explain what that is? Of course, so debt to income is taking your annual salary, uh, dividing by twelve months, and then looking at your overall expenses, including including monthly housing expense. So you take your, let's say, you're making ten thousand a month. You take ten thousand dollars, and then you divide it by your total monthly housing. Um, expense along with your other liabilities such as credit card, 
um, you know, insurance, electrical bills, whatever you have on your on your credit card. So, so, so let me just stop you there for yeah. a minute. So, all, all this is what I I uh, really need to know personally, and I guess the listeners would be fascinated. They include that debt, your car loans, your credit cards, your student loans, the amount you're paying for your mortgage, the amount that you pay for your gym. Everything is everything that's a monthly charge. Correct. Is that is that it's on your revolving debt on your credit. Revolving debt on your credit, because as Dottie said to me, "Well, pay for your gym in advance, then it won't be on it." You know, instead of paying it every month, is that true? It's the only stuff that appears every single month. Correct. And then they add all of that up, and they divide it into your your gross income. Your gross income. And then they decide if it's if it's less or more than forty three percent. You don't get the mortgage. Correct. So if it's less than 43%, and, and I think that what this article is saying is that now they may be opening up the debt to income at 43% to be a little bit higher, and it'll be qualified. It, it'll be considered a qualified mortgage. Now, if you go to a bank and you take out a jumbo mortgage where you're not using Fannie or Freddie, one of the agencies. Jumbo mortgage is how much again, Ace? Um, it's anything above 625 500 in a high-cost area. For a one family, so if you're getting anything above six twenty five, then really the bank actually underwrites the file. So here at Citizens Bank, we allow folks to go up to all the way up to fifty percent debt to income if they have positive compensating factors. Like what? Um, like um, a lot of reserves. So let's say someone has a down payment of let's let's say twenty percent, and they have extra cash um, to really show the ability in case something happens. You know, they have a lot of reserves. Great credit, things of that nature, Stephen. So I see. Yeah, I see. That's why citizens, as you know, I got a loan through citizens. That's why citizens is so great, because they really look at you individually as a customer, and you know, just not by these hard rules. They look at other extenuating circumstances that that might that you might be able to get a, a mortgage and a loan for, and you know, that's why I'm forever grateful. You know, uh, citizens really, you know, changed my world yeah, they look at, at this age. They look at a holistic view, Stephen. So we even look at student debt to see if wow. we can um, refinance the student debt to lower that debt-to-income ratio, right? So there's a lot of things that we do that we just don't look at, you know, A, B, and C, but we look at your overall financial well-being, and we, we try to really kind of dig deep and, and figure things out with, with the consumer. Yeah, so. and, you know, I didn't realize because I had an assistant that uh, – had student debt, and he said, Daddy, I'm, I'm paying more, so much money in interest and I, that I sent him to Ace. And Ace, what was he paying in student debt? It yeah, was ridiculous. paying a really high high rate, you know. A, a lot of folks don't know that they can refinance their student debt as well. So Yeah, so if and you, Ace, you can help? Yeah, we can definitely yeah, help. Your citizens Andrew, does sure. that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and it's really important because a lot of people have no idea. And if your children don't know, hopefully they're listening to Eye on Real Estate. But if they're not... Make sure you tell them to tune in. Yeah, eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two, and call Ace and Andrew and myself at any time. We'll be right back after our commercial break.
Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Jerry Crowley, Vice President and General Manager at Salem, New York. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either AM 970, The Answer, or AM 570, The Mission, WMCA. If you love one of these stations, and you should, and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join the team and help us in this mission. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we just might have a job for you. Give us a call at 212-857-9638. Ask for Courtney or leave a message with your information. Again, that's 212-857-9638. 212-857-9638. This could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know if you don't call. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors and Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors and Sullivan's free seminars on Tuesday, July 30th at the Greenhouse Cafe, 7717 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. On Wednesday, July 31st at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. at the New York Marriott at the Brooklyn Bridge, 333 Adams Street, downtown Brooklyn, and on Thursday, August. August 1st at Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Plan now for later. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and goodness, time flies when you're learning and having a good time and talking with people that are really experts in their field. And I'm always learning, and I always tell people the day that you know everything is the day that you should kind of call it quits. Okay, because no one knows everything, and the whole idea is to to work with a team, and you know, and work. With, we do at Douglas Elman work with a team of people that are experts in different areas, because no one's an expert in anything, everything. Um, quickly, just before I we ask you a question, Ace, I just want to finish up on if you want to calculate uh, your debt to 
income ratio to see how much you could. You you first you add up all your loan payments Correct. for a given month. Yep. Um, that includes your mortgage as well as credit cards, student loans, car loans, and then you divide that number by your gross income, not your net income, your gross. Your gross income. income. Right, and yes. how much you make before they pull out taxes and other deductions. Exactly. So. Once you do that, then you have your debt-to-ratio income. And quickly, just to give you a, a rule of thumb, if it's not high enough or it's too old, then, you know, maybe you could look at some monthly expenses that you can get rid of. That you can get rid off. of, exactly. Cancel the gym, I say. Yeah, well, Stephen, was just <laughs> Cancel the gym. gym. I, said, I never go. It. Well, don't cancel it. Pay it. I said pay it in advance, a year. Paid. Yes, pay it okay, in full. Okay, be like most people who shouldn't. But paying the because they live on that, all the people that sign up and never go. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, that's a good thing to do. And, and then you know, Stephen yeah. asked a question about. Oh, it was a, a newspaper headline that uh, Powell, the head of the Fed, said they're going to drop rates again soon. They are. They are. You know, our our crystal magic ball never um, we is never accurate, Daddy. I know. Yeah, I know. I gotta say, we were wrong. <laughs> How much lower did they drop them? I don't know if they can go much lower, Dottie. I mean, we're we're at an all-time low right now. We're looking at a I vote for zero. Yeah, zero. It, it, it might go down to one percent, guys. But uh, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> right now, if you're looking at a seven-one arm interest only, you're probably looking in the um, two point seven five range. No. So we're we're below three yeah. percent. Wow. It's uh, it's quite amazing, guys. And so. just for your edification, I grew up in a time when the interest rates are like fifteen percent. I don't know, they were so high. And so people like myself to qualify, we had to take what what Ace is saying is an arm, which again for our listeners is an adjustable rate mortgage, Correct. which means it doesn't stay at that low rate, but it's lower than the interest rates are currently. And if you need to get in, I always tell people you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So if you need Ace, to go in, you and I had a discussion. I just want. I think it's important that everyone hears that most people are out of the house before the arm's over anyway, right? Historical data is folks are staying in their homes for not more than six years, Andrew. So, you know, people, um, they, they tend to move up. They have a starter home. Then they move up. They and have you a should family. look at your circumstances. Yeah, look Maybe at your Maybe if you're getting ready to retire and you're going to be on a fixed income, I don't know if I'd recommend that strategy. Uh, however, you know what I tell people? I think somebody asked me and I wrote, uh, you know, a lot of times the authors who are doing real estate books will call and say, you know, just give us some advice that we want to put in our book. And I think I said there are no bad markets. You just employ different strategies at different times. And the I same thing with listeners. Yes. Okay, there's no cookie-cutter answer. And so when you're reading stuff, you can't just say, well, this works because this is what the book said. You have to look at your circumstances where you are in life, what your goals are. I definitely would look at your age because the older that you get, um, not for everyone, but the older you get, usually, you know, you don't have a chance to make it back as many years, so you maybe want to take less risks. Um, so, you know, if you're, but if you're maybe just starting out and you know your job or your career is going to grow and you're, or, those are things that you look at when you make decisions. But I know with uh, with myself, we all just refinanced and kept on refi. I mean, there's a, a way you can do that, even if the interest rates, I'm assuming that by the time you refinance, the interest rates will be higher in case you didn't move. But yeah. you've got to think that through. But to qualify now, I don't know. I think it's really, I've never seen it this low. I, it's, it's almost hard to imagine. 
like so free money. <laughs> and that's why I'm reading all these articles about rentals and how the millennials want to rent more. I don't know if I buy that. I think that people, the younger ones, might not be ready because who wants the responsibility? But I don't know if I agree with it. I think the American dream of ownership is still really there. And, Dottie, uh, I Dottie don't, you, know, you, know, you know what's interesting about these rates, too, and it's very important if you're going to be in ownership and why what you're saying, ownership, the American dream, so there. Of the first $750,000 that you borrow, that's a tax break. Yeah, it's a tax break. So and it's even lower effective that. rates. Right. It's a, it's a tax rate, and even though the – okay. And, and also, there's just some feeling that I think you get when you own something um, that's yours. And, again, you can't count on everything appreciating, but I always tell people and those, please chirp in. If the people that got hurt in real estate got hurt because they had to sell, well, they bought at the high – and yep. they had to sell at the low. Or they bought 20 years ago, they got a little crazed with refinances and equity loans and took all this money out and left no equity in their home. Mm -hmm. And then they got older or they had a reason to have to sell. And their, the market dropped. And it's not that they would have not made money if they, but they had no, they had taken all the equity out of their home. They, they forget, Dottie, all the times they went to the Bahamas on their home. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you can really talk to your attorney, someone like Andrew who understands real estate, someone like me. Someone, it's not that we want to give you a rule of thumb, but you have to look at those things because I don't think uh, people got hurt as unless they bought then. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, most people in the country, not only in New York, have kind of caught up with that already. So, you know, it's all a matter of timing. And if you look at the millionaires that made money in real estate, what they did is they bought property, but they held it. They held it, yeah. And I think to so, think that you're going to make a million dollars and your property is going to go up 20% in a year that you're going to flip are, t are tough things. But if you really feel that you're going to keep this and you have the money to keep it, I, I mean, if you can look at real estate, how it's performed, it, it pretty much is, you know, it doesn't do what stocks do. You know, stocks, and we had a record-breaking day. I think we made history, didn't we, with the stock market Thursday or Friday or one of those days. Uh, but it doesn't drop. A stock can drop overnight. Real estate generally doesn't drop overnight unless, God forbid, there's a 9-11 or something like that. It just takes a while. And the people that got hurt are just people that had to sell or used up all their equity. So when you sit down and take equity loans, you've got to be conservative. And I don't think they lend you as much anymore, do they? Ace, I don't, I don't. I think the banks learned. Yeah, they I mean, they definitely learned. Um, you know, in, in regards to the home equity line of credits, you know, you can borrow up to seventy percent of your value, so you still have that thirty percent cushion there. Yeah, and we we didn't get to do too much on real estate investments, and as I said, that's a big topic. It's really hard to do on the radio. Be too technical because I don't want you to fall asleep while you're driving. But it's a very interesting subject. Yeah. And what I'd like us all to talk about a little is let's start small and let's start with like a two-family home or a, a garden apartment or just owning an apartment in a building that you rent. And let's just talk about what to look for and what kind of personality you have to do because, again, you know, you have renters and mm -hmm. you never know what a renter 
you never know, you know, if a tenant, you know, you never know the tenant. You know, you can look at their credit. There's things that you need to look at. But at the end of the day, or you don't know if you your tenant moves out, if you'll have some cash flow issues because you didn't rent it. So there's things to look at. Um, and there's places that I think uh, have real opportunity for rentals. And then you have to decide whether you want to be a landlord or not. Dottie, you said I've, something so so important a second ago when you were talking about mortgages, which also goes to investment. You were saying that people were getting, they were spending too much money. They didn't have the money. And I, I liken it to ice cream. Your eyes can't be bigger than your stomach. You can't need the money if you're going to go invest. You need to have a reserve when you're going to go into this business. Yeah, that's a good thing. You know, and you see all these, I mean, look, all the shows on real estate I think are great, okay? However... Don't watch, you know, flip a home and think that everyone just walks in, transforms the home, okay, and flips and makes a million dollars because I'm not saying it can't happen, but <laughs> it doesn't. So we'll talk to some of the people who have made profits or have invested in, in income. I, I know you do. Don't yeah. you rent out some things? I do. I do. And a lot of my uh, holdings are, are long-term, Dottie. You know, to your point, I don't really... And, and, and look, I'm not saying that flipping is not a great uh, business model, but to Andrew's point, you really need to have cash flow because things come up, um, you know, without you really preparing for them. But uh, long-term hold is always the key, uh, in, in my opinion, Donnie. So. We've only got a minute or two. We, and do, we just got I a phone call. We have call. a call, yeah. caller. But, uh, so we'll talk a little about that because I still think it's a good opportunity. I think you have to know the real estate market and you have to get familiar with it. But I'm a believer in real estate. Now, you could say, well, Dottie, that's because you're in real estate. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I think I always did, and I think my dad always told me, you know, own a home, and he was so proud to own the home that we had. And it wasn't a mansion, but it was his mansion, okay? I love that. And that's really what it's all about. Real estate saved, saved my life financially. Yeah. The best thing I ever did was invest in real estate when I was a very, very young man. And it really saved my world. Myself also. My dad made me buy something. I wanted to go away with the money. And he said, no, buy real estate. Right. And that's well before I was in real estate. That's how I started. Listen, thank you, Andrew. And we can reach you quickly. We'll post it on our site. Uh, and, and Ace and Citizens Bank. And myself, Douglas Elliman. Have a great day, a great weekend. It's going to be beautiful. And we'll Gorgeous. be here next week. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.